I want to start off by reading, stay standing for me please, Proverbs chapter 4, and we're going to start with verse, give me a second, we'll start with verse 4, Proverbs 4, 4, Father we bless you, we thank you. Give us what we need today. Give us what we require. Allow us to understand this word inside and out according to your will. What we need to know. And even the things we don't need to know right away. Because there are things that you may not want us to understand yet because we can destroy ourselves. But Lord, if there are things that you know we need to know, my God, let us be able to allow our brains to assimilate that which you have given us and make it applicable and apply it immediately, effective immediately in Jesus' mighty name. My father taught me, take my words to heart. Follow my commands and you will live. Take my words to heart. Follow my command and you will live. If you do this, this is a math equation. This is it. This is a math equation. This math equation is letting you know, if you do this and this, then this. So if you want to live and live life abundantly and effectively, this is where it counts. Get wisdom. Develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom, and it's interesting that wisdom is a female, or given the female element, right? For she will protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. And I wondered, right, why female, why her? Because the greatest demonstration of love is the giving of your life for another. And it's not what most people think where it has to do with death. It could be alive. You can be alive giving your life. Ask a pregnant woman. She's alive giving her life. So the best way to describe wisdom is in that. Protection, watching over, guarding. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment which by the way he just said it twice because good judgment is what wisdom that's what that is if you prize wisdom she will make you great not facebook not instagram she will make you great she will give you what you require if you move in wisdom wisdom does not silence based on a moment let me say it again Wisdom continues to speak when everything else shuts down. Wisdom will still affect you while you're sleeping. So anything you move in wisdom with will still affect those around you even when they're in their moments of rest. Your wisdom will enter into the dreams of others. People will dream dreams because of how wise you are. Wisdom doesn't silence. Wisdom continues to speak. 
She will place a lovely wreath. Oh, well, it says embrace her. You will, she will pray. What, where am I? Think he's moving on me. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will place a lovely wreath on your head. She will present you with a beautiful crown. This is the part I really wanted to get to. This is the, this is the most important part. My child, listen to me and do as I say. Guys, for the sake of the people coming in, if we can maybe give them a space, if you can draw some of these areas that need to be filled just to give them room to come on in um, and, 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 and be feel comfortable as they come in. So like we have tables here, table over there. Just to allow them to just usher them in. We got like 20 more people coming. So we want to make sure we give them space to come through. There you go. That's a, that's a perfect, yeah, that's, that's a good crew right there. Praise God. All right, let's continue. And also, if we can get them the translation, uh, we got them? Okay, good. Very good. We say to them, welcome. Bienvenido. Amen. By the way, this is the flow coming in, by the way. It's just in Spanish, el fluir. But it's the flow. All right. Number two, verse 10 was the verse that I really wanted to hone in on. Verse 10. My child, listen to me and do as I say. And here's the result. And you will have what? A long good life. Not just a long life because... A long life in the state of paralysis is not a good life. 38 years in a certain position is not a good life. 38 years paralyzed is not a good life. But a good life, long good life, long and good, that's all based on what? Just following instructions? And in your prayers, you know what you do in your prayers? You simply say this. Lord, you promised that all I have to do is follow these instructions in your word. Listen, put them to that. Put it in front. Remember, there's a courtroom right now on your behalf. And it's not just based on accusations. Because we always get caught up with the courtroom ready to accuse you, accuse, accuse, accuse. How about if I told you the courtroom is going to be good for you if you're there to make sure you present your case? So you take a word like this and you say, Lord, your word says if I listen to you and do as you say, then I will have a long and good life. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you said it, Lord. You said it, Papa. You said it, Daddy. You said it, Baba. Depends on what place you're coming from, right? I will teach you wisdom's ways, 
and lead you in straight paths. I believe that God is right now preparing the church for a whole new level. Young people like you are rising up. They're tired of the nonsense. It's a cycle. We're getting out of the Jacob stage and coming back to the Abrahamic stage. For those of you who remember the last class, right? We're leaving the Jacob stage and coming back to the Abrahamic stage. It's almost as if we need a relationship with God. I don't need to know that, you know, we just gather together to gather together. I need to know that when we do, I get instructions to become relational with my creator who I can't see. But also in relation with those that I can't see, showing the manifestation of what I get from my creator in the invisible by being visibly relational. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. The more I show my relationship with a person, the more I speak of my relationship with God. My invisible moments manifested in a visible way. I will teach you wisdom ways and lead you in straight paths. Let's go to the next one. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. I'm going to stop there. When you run, when you walk, you won't be held back. And when you run, you won't stumble. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to not just walk, but you'll be able to run and not worry. And if you do fall, everybody say, if I do fall. If I do fall. I know the fall is part of my propelling. I will fall forwards and get up in a place that I was not in before. That's the one. <laughs> Help me. Help me, Lord. Help me to get ahead of the other person. And here's the devil's foot. And you're wondering, why the devil's foot? Because you're going to flip so hard, you're going to end up flying ahead. And where you get up is going to be another position in another place. And what the enemy intended for bad, God used that nasty, crusty foot full of corns and everything, twisted and all these, yeah, smelly bunions looking like a dog. Using that thing right there to cause me to fly and be ahead of the game. You get up, you do what? I'm good. Thank you, Jesus. All right, all right, all right. I get excited. I want you to do what we always do. I know there's still more people coming. I, I feel it. They're coming. But while they're coming, we'll probably do it again later on again. I want you to leave your territory. Go to somebody else's territory and let them know you're happy to see them. If you did it in the first service, do it again in the second service. Don't stand there and look like a deer, especially if you've already been in this church for so long. I will call you out. <laughs> right? <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. Let's get this side there. Uh, amen. I couldn't do that a week ago. Thank you, Jesus. Bendiciones a todos.
I'm going to request something. Moving forward, I'm going to probably need a fan. I was thinking of that just now. Amen. Right here, I, I right need here, right in front of you. That, that, then we. Right so, yeah. I, I, I need it. I need, I need it. Oh, no, 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 no. Please, I need something because the sweat is not, it's, it just doesn't allow me to. I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> Please, if you can, that would actually save me. Praise the Lord. I thank you. Right there you go. Thank you. Parón de guerra. Ya ves dónde lo venimos a buscar. Ya vienen, ya vienen, ya casi están aquí. Bueno, ahí, ahí llegó el que corta el bacalao. Eso. Llegaron a tiempo, todo el mundo abrazando. Thank you, Jesus. We'll give it one more minute. And we're going to fly into this. We thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Pastor Oscar Retamal in the house. Amen. May that, may that thing work. May it be like the Spirit of God blowing upon me. Woo, Jesus. Yes. Vamos a ver ahora si puede parar el fluir de agua. Thank you, Jesus. All right, we're going to get started. There's a lot to touch on. There's a lot we're going to discuss. I want to make sure that, the, uh, that everyone has their uh, interpretation items on. If you don't have it, cosas para interpretar. Hey, there we go. Pastor Betty Retamal in the house. Te conviene. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, here we go. We're going to get into this. We've talked about all these levels. All of these levels of Genesis and John. I want you to know that there are six significant events in the book of Genesis alone. Six significant events. The first one everyone is aware of, and that is creation. Creation is the epitome, right? Because it's where it all started, at least for humanity. The next one was the fall of man, was the breaking of a relationship between God and man. The third one 
was the shedding of blood for the first time. Cain taking out Abel. If I sweat after all this, then I need a doctor. Hey, amen. <laughs> That's for real. All right, so I got wind and water. That should be good. All the elements of creation. Number four of the, all the events, number four is the flood. The flood. So we have creation. We have the fall of man. We have uh, the shedding of blood for the first time. The first murder, which was significant. Things that needed to be reversed. Then we have the flood. After the flood, we find ourselves in a dilemma because God says they know too much. They, are, they all can speak to each other. Let's, let's mess that up a little bit because they know how to agree. Let's break the agreement. Because if we don't do that with the knowledge they have, there's nothing they will not be able to do. And we have a problem if that takes place. So that's five. And number six was the relationship with just one group. It was the covenantal moment with Abraham. It's the area of covenant for the first time. God went from macro to micro on purpose. He went from the great scheme of things to now singling out the messianic promise or the seed. Now pay attention. The messianic promise is the following. Praise the Lord. The messianic promise is the following. We know that there's a need for a savior and the seed of the Messiah was hidden in the loins of these men. It went from Adam to Seth. From Seth to every single one of those ten. There's ten of them from, from Seth all the way to Noah. And each one of them represents a seed that's being protected. Now, understand what that means. Understand what that means. In the realms of protection of a seed, there are the things that need to be eliminated and things that need to be added on. It's going to be important that as a church we recognize this. The promise of God in your life could mean that certain things are removed and certain individuals are to betray. A betrayal does not mean the stopping of a flow. Sometimes the betrayal becomes the fork in the road that's required for you to be able to get to your destination. Unfortunately, some of us look at betrayal as a realms of unforgiveness. So when we're betrayed, we just think that the best route to take is to get away, just to be completely adverse to that person, treat them with contempt. But that's not what the word teaches us. This area of separation, we find that it's all through the word. This area of betrayal. Example. I'll give you an example. 
Joseph was prepared for the assignment of Joseph. Joseph was given the opportunity to be the one who was betrayed, who was treated with contempt, who was placed in prison to be a governor. Ooh, what a route to take. You're going to be a governor, but this is what you have to do. Not go to college. Not get your, the best internship. Your route is the following. Can you imagine if God told you that? I'm about to make you a governor, but you know what you have to do first? You got to be betrayed by your brothers, tossed into a well, sold by your cousins, the Ishmaelites, sent to Egypt, become a servant to a guy named Potiphar. His wife hits on you and you end up falling, not for her. <laughs> ah, you caught that one, right? Falling for the right thing, not the wrong thing. And then end up being accused. In the accusation, you can't get out of it because of the voice of the person who said it. Now you got to handle it and deal with the consequences of something you did not do. Now you're in prison. But you're going to be a governor. But now that you're in prison, you are the top prisoner. Now you're telling the warden what to do. But you're still a prisoner. But now you're not a prisoner. Now you're a governor. Last week I said something and I pray that it stayed in your head. I want to tell it to the group that's here today. God assigns you a task not based on his present relationship with you now, but based on who you are going to be. Listen, God will choose you not based on you being in the gutter being an alcoholic right now, he'll choose you because he knows who you're going to be, not just who you are. Y'all didn't get that. Y'all should be celebrating. Because if God were to select me based on just now, or if he was to select me based on just when I was, what I was, I thank God for God's omnipresence. His omnipresence means that he's talking to me in every stage of my life. And that any decision he makes about me is because he knew what I was going to do, not just what I'm doing. So why Joseph? Because of all his brothers, Joseph was the only one who was going to be able to forgive. That's what I said last week. You remember that? He was the only one who was going to be able to forgive his brothers. We know that Reuben would not have done it. We know that Simeon and Levi would definitely not have done it. Obviously, Judah was not the one, although Judah was picked for something else, but not to be the ones to redeem his brothers. So what does that tell you? That everything that takes place in the Bible, every story that takes place that's adverse in any way, every transgression, Every type of, of, of intent of harming, or if it was somebody who harmed, you can look back and go, man, I can't believe God chose that person. Allow me to get out of Genesis for a moment. Allow me to go into 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel. Allow me to introduce you to a guy who I think should not have been the author 
Now, again, I think because of my humanity, right? It's all my humanity. Humanly speaking, he should not have been the author of Psalms. Okay, here's why. Y'all ready? Criteria. The author of Psalms was a murderer, an adulterer. He was a horrible father. Not a bad father, horrible. He had all types of issues. He was insecure. He had anxiety. The Psalms let me know that he had anxiety. He was anxious. He had depression. He was depressed, folks. He was suicidal. Read the Psalms carefully. He had a suicide streak, but then at the end he'll go, but God, he would remember. But God, how can I hide from you when you're everywhere? You're in heaven, you're on earth, even under the earth. I, anywhere I lay my bed, you will be. Meaning that death crossed his mind. But you know what? God saw the future conversation with David. He wasn't just impressed with his present moment. It was who he was going to be. Some of us in this room can never have a million dollars. No, no, no. Y'all gave me this look, so I'm, I'm, I'm running right behind this. Right? There's a line right here. There's an angel right here and right here, and y'all can't do nothing. Because a million dollars will mean that you will wreck yourself. And you will bring a lot of other people down with you. And it's not the value of the money. It's the value of authority given you. It's how much authority has been granted you because you're still worried about your world. And you're worried about how you feel. And God, unless there's a future conversation... That trumps that present situation, you're gonna be you're gonna end up hurting people if you continue in that role. So what does God do? He selects you based on the future you, not just the present you. Because somewhere in the future, you are going to do the right thing. And God knows that. David, trust me, when he was looking at Bathsheba from the top of the, the whatever he was, that, that area he was looking at. At that point, God didn't say, you're the one. Yeah, you're the one. You're doing it right. God didn't say, excellent job. When he took out Uriah, the Hittite, when he took him out, you think God was celebrating that? That's my man right there, Dave. High five, Dave. You took him out. You killed him. No. But God saw the psalms and the love letters that he was going to write to him. God saw that from his hands, there were going to be words that people were going to use from generation to generation. You know how many people have recited the book of Psalms? It's in the super, I say billions, have actually uttered those words. You talk about a bestseller. The number one on the hit of songs, well, by the way, Psalms were songs. 
all psalms were songs. So every time a psalm is read in a synagogue, they sing it. Because a song is a, is a relatable frequency of heaven. Music is a frequency that enters into heaven. Music is the only thing that continually comes on earth in heaven. And it's the reason why the enemy loves to use music as a means of entrapment. Because a young mind will hear the melody before the words. You didn't hear what I said. A young mind will be more enamored with the sound than the words. They could be dancing to let the devil come in, let him take my house, and, and just dance into it. And not realize they're participating in the entry of their demise. That's for somebody. I don't know who it is. That's for somebody. Theological significance. The creation account. The theological significance of Genesis 1 lies in the affirmation of God's sovereignty and God's power and goodness as the creator of the world. Sovereignty, power, and goodness. Those three ingredients have to be together because sovereignty and power without goodness is domination without love. You need all three elements to be God. To be able to move as God moves, rather. These three elements required for the creator because, again, there are people who have sovereignty and power, but not good. And you know what? What do they become? Dictators. And dictatorship is not the order in which God wants our stewardship to be done. It emphasizes that everything that exists owes its existence to God. And is intricately designed and ordered by him. The theological concept lays the groundwork for understanding humanity's role. What is our role for humanity? Why do you exist? Have you ever asked that question? Why, why am I here? Why do I exist? I did. I found myself asking that question in different stages of my life. When I was feeble-minded, I asked the question because I was feeble-minded. Why am I here? You know, trying to find joy in the moment. There's this concept in psychology brought by some of the, in quotes, fathers of psychology. And that is called the pleasure principle. It is a principle of... I need to feel good now or this is a bad moment. You ever run into some, somebody who, because the, the moment or the day was okay, wow, this is a great moment, great day, life is good. On that day, life is wonderful because they live day by day. The next day, things go bad and life is now. That's a horrible life to live because you live a life based on Daily circumstances, not the promise of God. Forget about the promise of God. What? That God says I can what? No, I need to feel good now. I need to hang out with my friends now. 
I need to be around people now. I need to be able to feel the joy now. I need to feel good today. And if it was like that, then why have the word? Why have the scripture if everything's about the right now? When the scripture speaks of what, guys? The promises obtained for the future. Let's continue. John 1, the incarnation of the word. So Genesis 1 speaks of the creation. And John 1 speaks of the incarnation. Let's talk about that for a minute. Genesis and John go hand in hand because Genesis is the mind of God. John is the manifested thoughts of God. Manifested thoughts of God mean that the physical part of it entered in. Now, know this. Everything of who we are does not begin on when we're born. Our birth is not the beginning of our existence. Did y'all get that? Amen. So when you, when you were born, you didn't exist the moment you came out, your mother's womb. You started off as a thought process, Genesis. Your Genesis is from the mind. Let there be. The existence of your let there be started here and became a manifested you. So right now, you holding a pen, listening to me, was recorded in the physical manifestation of you, but it existed before you were manifested. Y'all didn't, y'all. Are y'all with me today? Is this crew hearing me? I'm telling you that right now, even the moment that you're here, sitting down listening, was already in the invisible. How about this one? Jesus... Being the word, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. If Jesus was the word, or is the word, then his origins start in the invisible. If his origins start in the invisible, that means he intentionally desired to understand his creation. His abilities were going to be watered down on purpose. He decided to be a child. It's one thing to say, one thing to say, I'm going to be like my humans. I'm going to be like them at their primary age. It's one thing to say, Jesus to say, Father, I'm going to come down as man, but already an adult. It's another thing to say, I'm going to come down as a human and go through their stages. So I who taught humans how to walk, I'm going to learn how to walk myself. Do I have to do it in Spanish? Y'all got to hear me. I'm going to have to say this in Spanish for y'all to catch this. Just for a moment, just for a moment. Dios. En su soberanía, él dijo, mentalmente él sabía que él tenía que ser humano. Pero es una cosa ser humano y otra cosa decir, yo voy a ser lo más pequeño de la humanidad. Comenzar como un bebé. Ser un bebé primero 
para poder después ser un adulto. Es decir, yo, el creador de caminar, voy a aprender a caminar. Did that work better? I'm going to learn how to do the things I've taught humans how to do. I'm going to start. You don't understand. Jesus came from royalty, from running the universe, from taking care, from creating everything to saying, I'm going to be a baby. You're just a baby. Those of you know where that comes from. He's a baby who has to learn how to eat, learn how to digest. He had to wear diapers. Pampers, right? Pampers. Everything's pampers. Huggies are pampers. Pampers. Everything's pampers. I grew up. That's what they called it. Hey, no, you, you called it pampers, ma. I heard you. Well, you used to call it pampers. Don't tell pamper. Yeah. I, don't, I remember everybody in my house calling everything Pampers. Go, when you used to send me to the store, you sent me to the store to go get Pampers for, for my siblings. Yeah. Go buy Pampers. All right, all right, all right. My point is the, the creator of, this is going to be really good. Pay attention. The creator of the universe had to get his booty wiped. Because we lose perspective. We just think he just born, came in, power, the, the clouds and thunder, and I can see you, and you can. He came and decided to become lowest of the low, to become now then a man, to then become. And we say, wow, what did you do? We only go to the cross. We only go to the cross. We don't understand the full sacrifice. I love the way Hebrews puts it. Even Colossians chapter 1. He left his throne to come down to this earth. To become the savior of the world. Creator of the universe. I don't know if that does anything for you, but that does something for me. I realized that the sacrifice wasn't just the cross. The sacrifice was him leaving his throne, leaving his, his comfort zone, leaving the place where he was running the whole universe to become like us. So that no one can say in the courtroom of heaven, you don't know what it is to be a five-year-old. You don't know what it is to be a 10-year-old. You don't know what it is to be a teenager. And Jesus is going to say, yeah, I was, I was 16 years old too. Can I tell you what I did at 16? That's right. Y'all better, 16-year-olds better look at each other. 17. 18-year-old. The only account that we have, I'm glad you mentioned 12. The only account that we have of Jesus as a young person was at the age of 12. And at the age of 12, he wasn't out trying to look for a good time. He was in a temple 
sitting down with scholarly men, showing that their capacity was not the full capacity of that person that age. He was showing the optimal level of a 12-year-old. Oh, my God. Jesus was the optimal level of every age. Eso se entiende, se entendió en español. I'm trying to get a reaction. Jesús fue lo máximo de inteligencia, de emoción, de todo a esa edad. Praise God as somebody discreetly is behind me. <laughs> Amen. I saw everybody's eyes go, Shh. Mr. Holy Spirit. Yeah, who? Mom. Mom, it's your fault. <laughs> All right, so I want you to capture that. If you're asking me why am I staying here, because in order for you to enjoy Genesis and John, you must understand what did Jesus give up. For Genesis to exist, you must understand the reason why he's in the beginning with God and how he then is no longer in the same place but still remains as God. Because the triune God never left his position but just changed places. Let me say it again. And maybe I could demonstrate it. The triune God is on his throne. While on his throne, come here, help me out. Get behind me. Um, help me out. Get behind him. If you can envision all three of us on the seat, it's just one. It's just that I just identified two more. So we're here. I know that me sitting on the throne is the only way the universe will function. So I have to remain on the throne. How do you get off the throne and stay on the throne? No, watch this. Watch, you know, you're right. You're right. Watch this. We're going to talk. Come here. Come here. One this way, one this way. And we're going to talk to each other. But here's the game plan. Translate for Jesus. Translate for Jesus. Here's the game plan. Um, we're going to be able to now stay here. And, and the other one's going to go down. Right. So we're, we're going to work together because we're one. Right. So I'm going to make myself flesh. And I'm going to go down. But I'm going to be here at the same time. So, let there be light. That's the world right there. Let there be light. That's you. Listen. Yeah, you got to listen to the Spirit. Go ahead listen to the Spirit. Jesus, get it right. You're creating the world. You are the let there be light there. And the Holy Spirit was hovering. Go like, like dance around there or something. Like just go around the whole, the whole entire table. The spirit was hovering upon the waters while Jesus is there. Let there be light. 
And I'm here on the throne because if I get off the throne, everything will be over. So we're still working. Guess what, guys? Because we can still talk to each other while you're over there. Um, let's create humans in our image and likeness. All right? That sounds like a plan. Tell, tell. See, because John explains this. In the beginning, John says that the word is also the light that gave life. So I want you to find the male and the female that we created on that table. And just create, just kind of tap the shoulder. Of, and please, those two over there. Yeah, just yeah. touch their shoulders. Male and female, he created them. But you got to be there because you are the light that gives life. So you got to go, Jesus. You're the light that gives life. But he's the breath. The spirit is the breath that gives the lungs the life. So the light and the breath of God are both involved and God is still where? And God is where? And God is where? So I'm still God here. God is still there and God is still there. I can't get off my throne. But we've got to make sure we make this simple for humans. So come back. Come back, God. God said to God, come on. Come on. Hebrews chapter 1, stop preparing the way. Hebrews 1, I'm going to show you all something. Hebrews 1. So, so now we're talking to each other again. Very good. At the right hand of the Father's the Son. But we just found out something, guys. Get close. We've got to call you Son because they only understand Son. They, 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 don't, know, they don't know anything beyond that. Yes, Bert. So... So we've got to be able to call you son, and we've got to call you spirit, because you're the communicator. Listen to what he just said. I'm going to still be the communicator like I've already have been throughout the universe for eternity, so I'm going to continue doing that with them. Everybody still with me? Uh, we're going to do this narrative so we can understand this thing here. So, so, so now I got to call you son. So now, you know, throughout, the, throughout the, the generations, you were the angel of the Lord. So there's a woman by a well. I want, she's a, she's a, she's a, um, uh, the mother of Ishmael. Her name is Agar. Go speak to her. She's by the well. You got to go. You can never go by yourself because the spirit of God is the only way she's going to understand you. He's the interpreter to humanity and to God. Without Holy Spirit, there is zero communication. That's why when Jesus was confronted, he said, you, better be, you can make fun of me and you can make fun of my father, but you better not. The unforgivable sin is contempt against the Holy Spirit. Until I die on the cross, but right now, I haven't died yet on the cross. So I have to say what is the truth at the moment. No sé si entendieron eso. You got that? You got that? Okay. We're going to continue because you got to see this. So now this is the people. These are the people. They're growing. Come back. We spoke to Agar. Agar understands. 
the population is growing. They have different languages now. Or rather, the same language. They all speak the same thing. We have a problem because they're messed up. Yeah, so we're still talking, right? So let us, let us agree. This is the second time now, I mean third time. Second time was when he, they tossed uh, the, the, Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden when they spoke plural. This is the third time they're speaking plural now. So let us take care of this because this is a problem. So, yes, I want you, authority from the Father, in the name of my son here, who they don't know his name yet, but we know his name. Because he hasn't come down in the flesh yet. Since the creation of the world and before, crucifixion already had taken place. Yeah, that's too deep. All right, let me back up. That's too deep. Uh, my bad. So, so now, we're going to go down and we're going to change their languages. They're all speaking Spanish because Spanish is the first language that's in heaven. Let's go. Go do it. Change the languages. Yep. The languages are changing. Communication is changing. Now try to talk to each other but look like you don't know what each other is saying. Try to talk to each other, but look like you don't know, understand each other. Because now God knows the power of what? Come back, come back, guys, come back. He knows the power of what? Agreement. Because the power of agreement created the universe. As long as there's agreement between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit... We're okay. And so he also understood the power of agreement for people, Genesis 11. So he made sure that that agreement was altered because they were agreeing on bad things. Who just, who understand what I said? They were agreeing on bad things, wrong things. And because their agreement was wrong, he had to alter that. Now... I'm going to fast forward, New Testament. The conversation is going to be fast forward. Now we're in the book of John. We were in Genesis. Now we're in John. In John, God says, or in, in the gospel, God says to Jesus, and Jesus says to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit says to Jesus, check this out. We're going to go down now. Yep. And so now we're going to be humans. We're going to end up being like the humans, right? Excellent, excellent. And so, but we're not going to do it where we're just going to appear like the angel of the Lord did, like you've done before. Because as angel of the Lord, you actually were able to come in full form. That doesn't work because you're still the angel of the Lord. Because you're not, you're not able to procreate. You're not human, so I need, thank you for keeping, keeping it going, because that's communication. And we now must agree. Would you want to, you, you know, you're going to go down, right? You're going to yep. go, right? You volunteer? Yeah, volunteer. You volunteer? Yep. So I got to stay on my throne. You can see it. He got it, right? Awesome. 
I like him. So now, Mary, who likes to play Mary here? Who would like, who would like to play Mary? Marty plays Mary. Oh, okay. Get right there. I send an angel to let her know that the Holy Spirit is about to hover over her. So now, they both go together, but the injector is going to be Holy Spirit upon her. And boom, something happens. No man relationship. It was strictly the golden one that went with no type of competition because anybody who knows the story of how this works, you are competing with a million or millions of others. There was no competition. It was one entry, one egg. It was intended and intentional. Now the sun stays there and the spirit comes back. But we're still connected. There is no separation. In the womb, he is the maximum embryo. No issues, no concerns, blood flow is good, heart rate is good, no need for a sonogram because he is the maximum of an embryo. Months go by, I need you to play like a baby for a minute if you can do that, right? Months go by. Nine months, she gives birth. We don't know if that birth was in pain. I personally think, this is me, that Jesus could not have been born within the realms of the curse. So she must have had an excellent birth, unlike the one of my mother, where pain was eminent. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because I'm sure God sweats rivers of living water. So then this takes place. And what does he have to learn to do? Walk. Uh, digest. And, 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 and you got to walk with him. Like walk, hold his hand. You're crossing the street. Who's taking care of who? Who's watching over who? So she thinks she's taking care of him, but the truth is because she's with him, she's safe. ¿Quién entiende lo que se le está diciendo? So now, what seemingly looks like a separation, now start growing up a little bit, start growing. Uh, one day we get a picture of this. This is awesome. We find it in the book of Luke. All of a sudden, he gets lost, in quotes. He's now age 12. You can stand straight up. Age 12, because you're probably a tall 12. All right? Short mother, tall. My bad. I had to get that short joke in there. My bad. So here we have, she leaves. You, you're gone. You, you take, take a trip. Not yet. You will be, though. Because your caravan was so big, you didn't realize you lost them. Why? Because what people think that they were broke and had nothing. I'm so sorry to burst your bubble. 
for those of you who believe that, the wise men came to visit them already. They were very wealthy. They had a lot of gold, a lot of silver. No, not silver. A lot of frankincense and a lot of myrrh. They were wealthy. Why do we know this? Because they went to Egypt right after. And any trip from one place to another requires a lot of money. But they were well-to-do because a father doesn't leave his son without finances. The father financed the son, even though he was financing himself. The wealth that was there showed also because of the education level that Jesus had. You must have been a part of the yeshiva of the time. The school of the time, to be able to be amongst scholars, you must have already been in the school. For if you were a peasant, you would not have been allowed to be there amongst the scholars. Somebody say critical thinking. Somebody say critical thinking. When you're critically thinking, you start analyzing what's really going on. He's among scholars, so to be there amongst the scholars, he must have also been what? Studied. And to be studied, you needed what? So she leaves. There she is, talking to her friends over there in the caravan. And while she's over there, she finds out somebody says, your son is missing. You know what else that tells me? That also tells me that Jesus must have had siblings. At the age of 12, there must have been other kids. Because when you have one child, you have one child, you're focusing on that one. But the word lets us know in Mark 6 that there were three or four other brothers and a bunch of sisters. We don't even know the amount. But it says sisters in plural. So that means it was more than one sister. So Mary and Joseph had a lot of children after Jesus. I got it. One amen. Deduct, deductive reasoning. That's what that is. All right. So now he's amongst them. He's talking to them. He is the maximum 12-year-old there is. He's telling them things they don't understand. For them, listen, listen, guys. I, I need you to catch this. How many days were the Pharisees, the Sadducees with them? Three days. If they're with them for three days, that means he got over on the first day. That means he must have made sense on the first day if on the third day he's still teaching them. Three days of giving instructions and then here comes Mary because now she's all worried. Oh my God, where's my son? Of course, Joseph was there too. Well, just make believe Joseph. Yeah, you find him. And what, yeah, that, where were you? Good question. You know, you know what you said? I'm going to tell you what you said. You said, hold on, I'm just getting off the throne for a minute. He says, don't you know that I'm doing my father's business? Oh, we're interchangeable. That's right. That was good. I like that. We're interchangeable. The Father could come over here. The Holy Spirit is there. We're still God. Hey. That was good. Yeah. So don't you know? 
He has to remind you, don't you remember the immaculate conception? Don't you, don't you remember the fact that an angel came and spoke to you? He says, don't you know that I'm doing my father's business? So knowledge of the moment was already instilled in him. At the age of 12, he already understood his assignment. Who can say amen? amen. At 12, he already understood what he was supposed to do. That means at age 12, he knew that by age 30, he was going to be moving in ministry. That means that at age 12, he was already moving in miracle signs and wonders. And you tell me, well, where does it say that in the word? John chapter 2. In the wedding of Cana, okay, now you're, mar you're still married. You're still married. All right, I'm sitting back on the throne again. In the, in, the, in the wedding of Cana, Holy Spirit's about to do something. But Jesus is referred to as a solution, right? Mary in John 2 says, um, we're running, there's a problem here. Tell, tell, tell Jesus. Yeah, let's go ahead. We're running out of wine. What can we do? What can you do to solve this? Look at this, folks. Jesus was asked by his mother to fix a problem that only God can fix. We're running out of, and what does Jesus tell his mother? I'm going to help you. I'm gonna, hey, it's so funny. He said we only have water. <laughs> what Jesus actually says is, woman. Right, because he, he didn't call a mother. He had to separate the maternal for a moment and become the savior. He had to let it be known that you're not going to initiate a miracle because if I listen to you right now in this miracle moment, then that makes you God with me. Who's, who's hearing what I'm saying? If she was the reason why he did the miracle... Then we have a problem. Then we could go, Santa Maria, Madre de Dios. Yeah, we could do all of that. Ruega por nosotros pecadores la hora de nuestra muerte. How many people said that at one point in their life? Really? No Catholics? Interesting. Oh, you didn't raise your hand. So I'm like, okay, well, amen. Well, praise God. So y'all know. He says, it's not yet my time. Woman, why are you even, I'm going to, this is my version. I'm going to do a, one of the NIP. It's not yet my time. Or what does this have to do with you? Or even better than that, why are you telling me this, woman? And it's not like he didn't know how to say mother. And it wasn't that he was being disrespectful. It was because he was taking his throne position. Because he understood that at that point, what she was requesting was from God and not from her son, Jesus of Nazareth. So, even though he said, it's not yet my time, what's up? Why are you asking, right? What does he do? 
She's confident. You know what she says? Do whatever he says. Even though he just told her to stand down, she says, do whatever he says. And now the Holy Spirit, you can stay there, God, Father. The Holy Spirit comes and does the miracle. Because who does the miracle in your life today is the Holy Spirit. But why, why are you separating? There is no separation. There's understanding function. I understand the function of the Father because the Father gives me authority. The authority of the Father in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. That cycle is what we live by today. If you don't understand Holy Spirit, if you still think Holy Spirit is a thing, then you're missing out on relationship with God. Without Holy Spirit, you cannot speak to God. If God requires Holy Spirit to speak to himself. I know that's hard to understand. You know why it's hard to understand? Because we're singular. We're, we're what's the word? What's the word? Loud. We're linear. So we only understand Alpha, Omega, beginning of time, end of time. It's 3.30 right now. So all we understand is time. But God is not subject to time. That's why his relationship with us is throughout our whole life at the same time. I really want, I want it for the reino to understand this. La relación con Dios no consiste en simplemente el tiempo, alfa, omega, comienzo y final. Dios está en relación con nosotros durante el tiempo entero. Cuando primeramente me conocieron a mí, hace como cuántos años ahora. Siete años. Alabado sea el Señor. En esos siete años que me han conocido, Dios sabía este día también. Y cuando Dios hace una decisión en la vida tuya, Él no lo hace en basado en momento. Él no lo hizo en el tiempo siete años atrás. Ocho años, Dios eterno. Ocho años, nuevo comienzo. Eso es lo que Dios hace, ¿verdad? Y estamos viendo que el que conoce esa verdad, Reconoce que la culpabilidad que el diablo trata de tirarte no funciona Porque tú entiendes que Dios piensa en ti en todas las conversaciones que tú has tenido con él The thing is I don't know if everybody understands I'm going to do an example Because this is the way these things work I'm going to ask the wilderness come up here for a minute. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm hoping you know where I'm going, right? I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask Janice. Janice, come help me. Um, and I'm going to ask. I wish I had a little kid here. That's who I was going to get, but I didn't see her. But you want to you go grab her up? 
no, I still need you here. You're going you're to help me out. I'm going to actually make you an in-between between Geneve. And I want to I show something to this church about how God deals with us. Give, 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 give her a space in between right there. All right, guys. I pray everybody gets this and understands this. Because right after this, I'm going to get go to the tail end of all of what I'm going to be teaching today. I'm going to end it with that. But I want you to pay attention. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Switch. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Her being the youngest. So God is having a conversation with her. She's present day. She's right now, right? Present day doesn't know of the conversation that she has when she grows older with God. But when God speaks, he's not speaking to just present day. He's speaking to all the generations at the same time. This is a conversation with God. If I even had somebody else to go over here to be even younger... Because his conversation does not consist of when you praying with him at that moment. That's the reason why he knows what you're going to pray about. Why? Because he's already here. He's already talking to you and you. All right, let's make it even better. Let's call you present day. You're present day. This is, this is today, guys. This is today. So she's praying to God today. Her past already took place. That's why it's called the past. It passed already. But her past has another stage to it as well. She's not here yet, but God knows who she is. Y'all with me so far? So because God already knows who she is, he knows that your perfection or your maturest level, your best level is here. So he's having a conversation with everyone at the same time. This is going to answer your question about two weeks ago. How in the world is God taking care of my past when past already took place? Because when God is talking to all of you, it's one person. It's just that there's a level of intellect that may be more intense here that will allow there to be an effective prayer. So if he decides to choose, he's going to choose this prayer for this event. Did y'all did, did really get that? If you didn't get it, ask Holy Spirit. I promise you he'll... he'll so what happens is I'm talking to you and, and he's, he's so wonderful because he speaks, in, he speaks in multiplicity. His language is multiplicity. It's not just a language of a one moment. He speaks to every part of you in every part of your generation. Every part of who you are, he's already talking. So while you're doing your little prayer and it may not be a mature prayer, it may be a simple prayer, 
Do a little simple prayer. Do something simple. Bingo. Lord, I ask that you provide for my family. God says, I know that conversation, but while you're talking, I know you hear as well. So I'm going to bring an agreement to that prayer that is a simple prayer. I'm going to bring an agreement to that simple prayer because mama hit me off. Hit me off with a prayer that has to do with providing for your family. Give me something. Notice what she says. She said, Holy Spirit, where her prayer wasn't Holy Spirit, but she has an intimate relationship with Holy Spirit. And God says, I'm going to use you here for you there. And your in between you is going to be successful because successful because of your latter prayer. Being more powerful, your latter prayer has conversation with God while you're speaking with God. Are we, are we, getting, are we getting this? Is it making sense? Am I going to get a phone call this week? This girl's no joke. She will write me a text. I need to know, what does this mean? Am I going to get one of those on this? You got it. Because this here, this here is a representation of the omnipresent God we serve. If he's omnipresent, it means that he speaks to us in every state of our lives, every stage of who we are. Even when we're making mistakes, he still prefers the one that's not making the mistake. Yeah, you made a mistake. And if you're not understanding, this is going to be my prayer for you. If you're not understanding what's being given right now, it's because the enemy does not want you to comprehend and that you, so that you can stay in a place of lack of identity. And I'm going to encourage you to start seeking a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Let Holy Spirit be the one to bring you to a new place of understanding where you understand that it's still one God. It's not three gods. We serve one God. Three functions. And one of those functions is this. Thank you so much. Praise God. How much time do I have? None? I'm going to do... <laughs> I'm going to do, this is the last thing I'm going to do because I have to. Um, I'm going to do the relevance and practical application of Genesis and John. The books of Genesis and John offer relevant and practical lessons that can be applied to contemporary context. Here are some of the key applications. Please write these down. In Genesis, what we are being taught is environmental stewardship. 
environmental stewardship. Genesis highlights the divine mandate for humanity to care for and steward the earth. And of course, all of its resources. In today's world, we find that the environment issues are a pressing issue. And that concern has caused many to look towards trying to fix the world. Fix the oxygen, the air. Um, what's, the, what's that thing called? Um, um, global warming. The oceans are higher. Those ice caps that keep things refrigerated are starting to melt. And we wonder. By the way, God is so brilliant that after the flood, in order to, re to recede the flood, he caused a lot of the water to be land. He froze it up and refrigerated and put it in a freeze up north and down south. So that the waters will remain a certain height. That's brilliance. Number two. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Human dignity and equality. That's number two. The concept of humanity being created in the image of God emphasizes the inherent dignity and worth of every individual. This has practical applications in promoting justice, equality, and respect for all people and all genders. We must learn to respect each other beyond the flesh. You're a soul. You know the worst countries on the earth right now are countries that do not have regard for life. Where people walk by and see a dead body and keep on walking. Life is a concept that is not just an ideology. It is part of creation and needs to be respected because it is part of God's intellectual property what does it mean intellectual property do you know that if you come up with an idea right now to do something and you put a patent on it and somebody else comes in and says oh look what I did and it remotely looks like yours in the idea you have they broke the law and they got to pay you and if they're successful in what they do they got to give you a percentage of everything they do if somebody writes right now a book and it's something that you've written and that you put on, you can prove that you had it first. It is your intellectual property. And if you present it and it passes through in the courts, guess what? All royalty that was given to that person, part of that will be given to you as well. So sometimes you got to just let people do what they do. Just be rich. Get more. Because if it came from an intellectual property, you violated it by doing something else. Not the way it was supposed to. Do you know what else? If that intellectual property is violated, example, i.e., male and female. Intellectual property says males for female for procreation. Male, female, procreate. 
male, female, procreate. If you alter that, male and female, you've altered the intellectual property of God. That means you go to the courtroom of God and you're found guilty of taking his intellectual property and altering it. Number three, family and relationships. Genesis portrays various family, family dynamics, including the challenges and the consequences of broken relationships. The lessons from these narratives can guide individuals and families in cultivating healthy relationships. Forgiveness and reconciliation. Forgiveness and reconciliation is not the same thing. El perdón y la reconciliación no es lo mismo. Forgiveness, you can forgive someone and not reconcile with that person. Because there are people that have died and you could have forgiven them for their, their infraction against you. But there's no reconciliation because that person's dead. Reconciliation is when both parties now have rec recognized and you have brought yourself to a place of reconciling. So in order to reconcile, you must forgive. But not all forgiveness requires reconciliation. How many people are always saying, I'm sorry to God? Oh, how about, let me, let me do this way. Let me do it this way. How many people here, when you pray, you're always saying, I'm sorry, or forgive me, Lord? Show me show of hands. Forgive me, Lord. When did Jesus forgive us? How many times did he have to die? How many times? How many times? Once for what? Once for all time. God had to deal with me on this because I've always asked for forgiveness. Señor, perdóname. Perdóname, mi Dios. Te pido perdón. You know, because sometimes I get Spanish when it's, when it's really deep. You got to go like Latin. You got to go Spanish with God. I told you that's the original language. But the truth is, it's not, Lord, forgive me. For I've already been forgiven. It's Lord, I repent. Repentance and forgiveness are different. So once we get to a place of understanding that Jesus already forgave me. On the cross, he took every sin, future, past, present. Every sickness, future, past, present. Even death on the cross then I'm not asking for forgiveness. I'm thanking him for forgiving me. Thank you for forgiving me, Lord. I repent of all that I did wrong. I repent, and that means not remorse. You remember, remember remorse, repentance, remorse, repentance? Remorse is when you got caught, and you're, you're really apologetic because you got caught. That's when you become real Christian. You got butt. You got caught. You got caught. So now I'm sorry. 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 
Repentance is when you get to that place to understand the forgiveness that was extended at the cross. And that forgiveness transcends space, time, distance. Jesus is the antenna of antennas. All frequencies, past, present, and future, in forgiveness is through the blood of the Lamb. You don't have to ask for forgiveness. You have to thank him for being forgiven. And then speak of, I am repentant. I repent from what I did wrong. I thank you, Lord. It's the reason why the man on that cross who we know is saved, he didn't say, forgive me. He said, remember me. He said, remember me. That was it. That's all he had. That, he didn't have to say anything else. Remember me when you enter into your kingdom. You got it. Let's go. You figured it out. Your words demonstrate repentance. Your actions. You know people that say, Señor, perdóname, Lord, forgive me. Their actions later on or that Monday, because usually it's on Sunday. Usually it's on Sunday. Señor, perdóname. Señor, yo, yo, yo he hecho esto, and you say all this stuff, but then Monday, everybody say Monday. Monday. All right, in Spanish, lunes. lunes. El lunes, la cosa cambia. Porque el lunes viene siendo el resultado de verdaderamente arrepentimiento el domingo. Turned it off. There we go. We're back again. The truth is, when we get to know relationship with God, we understand reconciliation, forgiveness, and fostering harmonious community. And last but not least, now we're going number two, John. I'm going to get through this really fast. John gives us personal faith and salvation. The Gospel of John emphasizes the importance of individual faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. Not religion, relationship. I know you've heard this time and again. We are good in doing religion, folks. There are people that would walk in here and say, this is not a church. This don't look like no church. Why? Because religion tells us what church looks like and if we were to really analyze that we can go back 2,000 years ago and the ones from 2,000 years ago will look at what we got now and say what in the world are you guys doing because back then it was in the house Romans chapter 16 lets us know that a house was the church people's homes Phoebe was a deacon whose house was used as a church so this is church. What makes a church? What makes a church? What do you think makes a church? What makes this church? It's not the location. It's not the tables. It's not the chairs. It's not having the church in a certain way. It's not having it look like a church. What do you mean it looks like a church? What is a church? Everybody do like this. I am the church. 
We are the church. If we go to the parking lot, we just took the church to the parking lot. And this just becomes brick and mortar. Some of us are going to be going to a, a lake or a river for baptism, right? I don't know what it's going to be, but when we go there, we brought the church to that place. Even the animals are going to have to recognize it. All of the animals, in the, everyone in the, in, the, in the whole area are going to have to acknowledge that a church just came in. Because the church is not the brick and the mortar. Witnessing and evangelism is number two. John highlights the role of believers as witnesses. If you are in love with someone, you talk about that someone. ¿Cuántos aquí están enamorados con Jesús? No levante la mano para que tú veas. How many people are in love with Jesus? Show of hands. Because your statement is not making me feel good. Don't do it for me. Do it because a statement was made that allows you to be acknowledged in heaven as one who loves Jesus. I love Jesus. You know what? Then if you love Jesus, are you talking about him? Do you speak about who you love? When you guys first fell in love, <laughs> he's still in Genesis 11, Tower of Babel. <laughs> Don't understand the language. When you guys first fell in love, so your sisters, did you talk about him? You didn't tell anybody about your, your love? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. I was going to say, boy, I'll tell you what, we got to do. Oh, okay. Trying to get her and she didn't, she didn't bite. All right. But when you fell in love, did you speak about him to everyone? You didn't stop talking about him. So can I tell you something? Look at this, guys. Pay attention. Because if she's the church and he's Jesus, the church doesn't stop talking about Jesus. Her love for him was a story she needed to tell everyone. And you start giving details about him. You know, he's not, no, 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 he's telling me no, no, no. But all the details, his height, you like this height? I'm here for marriage counseling too, by the way. <laughs> Amen. And you know what? Of everything you mentioned, the most important was that part you said right there. And what you received in him is exactly that. Do you talk about it? Do you tell people about it? Church, we got to start talking about the one we love. If you go to work and you don't talk about Jesus all the time while you are at work, there's a problem. That means you got to go back into your intimate time with him so you can have a story. Ah, Jesus. Because if you're not really intimate with Jesus, then you're not going to have stories about Jesus. You need that intimate time to talk about, wow, let me tell you, yes, he the best. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. 
Praise God. I say this because we need to evangelize, church. Next one. Pursuit of truth and discernment. Pursuit of truth and discernment. John presents Jesus as the embodiment of truth and the light that shines in the darkness. In a world filled with conflicting ideologies and moral relativism, the practical application is to encourage believers to seek and uphold truth, to discern wisely, and to live according to the teachings of Jesus Christ. We must admire and desire discernment. You know why? If you don't have discernment, you know what you do? You speculate. So if I come and I, I'm walking in front of you and I touch my nose, what do you think of me? You'll think I'm crazy. I, I need something, right? You don't know if I have a pain in my nose. You don't know, but if you, dis, if you are moving in discernment, you'll know it's more than just what you're seeing. Lack of discernment causes you to make mistakes in people who are in front of you. When you lack discernment, people can sell you stories and you believe it. When you lack discernment, people can talk about other people and you go, really? Tell me more about that. But when you have discernment, you realize when a serpent is next to you. You understand when a fox is talking to you. You understand when a scorpion is around you. You understand when there's a raven or a vulture coming to you. And let me tell you about ravens and vultures. Ravens and vultures show themselves when there's a harvest. Cuando hay una cosecha es cuando salen los cuervos y salen los buistres. Esa es la palabra. I was close. Give me a, throw me a bone. Last but not least, love and service. The Gospel of John underscores the central importance of love as Jesus commands his followers to love. By the way, love is not a request from Jesus. Love is a command. So it's not about, eh, I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to love. It's a command. And when a general or a king gives a command, you follow it. John 13, 34, and 35. Don't talk about the love you have. Live about it. Live it. Because the talk is one thing. I could tell my wife I love her all day, every day. But if my actions show something different, then it's not love. It's interest. All right, we're gonna, we have time for three questions. Just three questions. One here, one there, and one here. I'm sorry, I have three on my own. Sorry. Okay. Well, you can't free Okay. So um, in the first class, you said um, um, some people know God, some people know Jesus, or God and Jesus, but, but that's where it ends. They stop 
at they they don't know Holy Spirit or they stop there, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that reminded me of the seven sons of Sceva. Is it safe to say that their issue was they knew God, they knew Jesus, but not Holy Spirit in it, order to do what it was that they were that attempting to do? That is very to safe to say. Okay. So that's the answer to that. The uh, sons of Sceva in Acts chapter 19, they did not know Holy Spirit. They only knew Jesus as Nazareth Jesus, because once you know Holy Spirit, you know Jesus as the Messiah. So Holy Spirit discloses that. That's why Jesus said, he leads you to all truth. Amen. Um, so when you did the, um, the presentation here of, of God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, um, from I cannot envision God actually speaking audibly. So what I envisioned was Holy Spirit is actually the thought process of God expressed. That's accurate. But I had to do it that way for the sake of humanity. Okay. Right? We need to see transaction. But there was no conversation the way we were having conversation. It was in in a millisecond that whole thing takes place in their decision making. And, and, and that really leans into um, the Ruach Kadosh factor of Holy Spirit being correct. the embodiment That's of his power. Oh, my God. Amen. Amen. So then, um, when all of that happened. That was three, by the way, but go ahead. Yeah, uh, well, no, this is three. That was B of part of number two. Okay, so this is officially number three. So, um, and, then, and then he said, let us make man in our image. So what I saw was three attributes. Correct. So there, obviously there's no physicality. It's not the limbs and, and the face and all that. However, it's, Jesus fulfilled that. Yes, he did. But it's the attributes of the three. Correct. What are they? Outer shell, decision making, and connection. Outer shell, decision maker, and connection. The spirit of us, our spirit is the only connection to God. That's the spirit. That's the communicator, part of us. We love in our spirit, the spirit of God. That's why we got to worship in spirit and in truth. Spirit and in truth. Our spirits, but our souls make the decision. And our body manifests the decision. It was a big old truck that just hit. This came in. So that, that's what happens. The soul decision maker, the body manifester, and the spirit connector. That's the like. Testing one, two. There we go. Oh, that's what's been happening. Hey, got it. All right. Okay, going to the intellectual property. Would you would you recommend now that we have the information how to apply it as an intercessor? When we pray, would you recommend our verbiage be Holy Spirit protect the intellectual property? And I declare your image not to be altered when it comes to the agenda. Um, well, your prayer would be for you or for a certain individual. No, for individuals. Individuals. Then you would want to pray that for that person or, or pray that the Lord would grant them 
insight and understanding or discernment in the area of his intellectual property. In regards to the courtroom of heaven. Correct. Okay. Right. So you, you would pray that they would have the ability to discern what is the intellectual property that they need to honor. After this, we won't conclude. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, just, yeah thank you for, for today. It's been a blessing. It's a blessing every single week, and I love it. Question, because I have, obviously, you know, some of my background. You have some of my background. Um, and I, I found it interesting uh, when you just uh, highlighted when we're supposed to be asking for repentance as opposed to forgiveness. Because I'm guilty myself. Like, every day before I pray, I'm like, God, I know there's some things that I've done today. I'm sorry, even if I unconsciously... Or consciously right, so you're going to ask for forgiveness now about saying that forgiveness, asking for forgiveness from before. Correct. No, no, wait. I ask for forgiveness before I open up in prayer because I got to come with a contrite heart. I'm thinking. Right. But I see the whole concept of repentance that you, that you were speaking of. I have a question. Because um, this is something that's heavy in my heart. I feel like... Again, just from, ex closer. from experience. Mm -hmm. um, so when you say when you say sorry or when you repent, in that repentance, you're also apologizing to God, or do you or do you just because I know I know certain people like my some prayer partners. Would repentance be an apology? I, I Look at the pastor. No, he's yeah. saying yes. Pastor right there. There's a pastor oh, right there. Oh, hello. So, so repentance is an apology. If you are coming with repentance, then you're actually telling the person in the area of repentance, I'm sorry. Okay. So because you are actually apologizing by what you realize is wrong. So I guess in, in your... Porque la salvación es individual. Salvation in, is individual, right. I guess in your personal relationship with... With, with God, there's no wrong way to come. Like, if I come to God one day and I'm like, hey, God. Unless you're taught. All right. And I'm like, hey, God, I'm sorry for, for, for what I did today. I want to get to these petitions, so let's put that aside. Is that wrong as well? Like, is it wrong to be that dismissive? It's wrong. Is it Here's it's, what you got to understand about God, right? We cannot put his scenarios in a box. We want to put black and white on it, but there is no black and white. He deals with each one of us on our own levels. But when you're taught something and you choose not to do it when it comes to mind to do it, that means that you are saying, I don't feel like doing that. It doesn't apply to me. All right. So last thing. If I, if, let's just say, because I, I just had that revelation and I thank you again. I can't input that into someone else because their walk and their relationship with God is different. It's not like that's a template. Listen, before you go to God. Make sure you repent. But that person never repents. Well, once you learn the template that was established by Jesus, when he had in Matthew chapter 6, the Our Father, which is not the Lord's Prayer, it is the prayer that is a template. You'll find in there that area of forgiveness. Forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us, it is the template. So there is a template there. How you approach it 
Remember, if there's repentance, you will approach it right. There is no wrong way when repentance is present. Does that make sense? You can use drums and not speak. If you repentance while using drums, that's what God is looking at. There are people that speak by way of music. It's the heart. That's repentance. I ask you right now, if we could all stand up, please. Church, not as usual. I ask you right now, if you can tell Holy Spirit to look at your heart. What did you do yesterday? I'm not even telling you to go back three weeks, five months. I'm talking about yesterday. What did you do yesterday that requires you to repent? I'm not just talking about actions. I'm talking about even a thought. What did you do yesterday? That would require you to say, Lord, I repent. And I'm not talking about, oh, the message hit me right now, so now I feel a way. I'm talking about, did the Spirit of God tell you and even now minister to you? Repentance. Lord, I repent because I understand that what I did and what I'm doing is harming you. It is against what you want. I'm limiting my life by not following your command according to your word. Some of us are going through physical issues, ailments that have nothing to do with the issue of your body, but the issue of your mind. And you keep asking and you keep thinking, you know, yesterday I was telling somebody, you know, there are things that take place. And the reason why some people repeat the same things over and over again is because they think they're getting away with it. And what they're getting is an adjournment from the court. Y'all didn't get that. And they convert the adjournment to saying, I got away with it. And what you got was another date. The other date doesn't mean it's gone. It just means that right now you're not in the courtroom. You've been given another date for that thing. So you better repent so that the day of the court, you don't find yourself not understanding. You got an adjournment. Do not confuse that with, I got away with it. I need you to understand what I'm saying. Because we are making a grave mistake if we think that we can get away with the same function, same thing over and over again, function again, everything over and over again, and then saying to God, why am I like this? Porque nada me funciona. Porque nada me está trabajando. It's because you're repeating a cycle. 
Your desert is because your cycle is a part of your desert. 40 years in the desert because you, you haven't learned how to discern the trees and the, and the mountains. They look like a different tree and a different mountain. It's the same one. And you're going around in circles going, wow, look at that nice tree. It's the same one you went past 20 times already. Discernment. Stop playing the game and recognize that there is a God. And if he gave you an adjournment, it's because he loves you. And he's hoping that you get it right before the court date. How many are understanding? Raise your hands if you understand. Raise your hands if you understand. Raise your hands if you understand. We've got to get to that place and let God be who he is. And say, Lord, I repent. You are my creator. My life is in your hands. I existed before. You know how, how wonderful I feel in saying this? I existed before the earth. Because I existed in your mind. You thought of me before I was manifested. You thought of me before I was flesh. You thought of me before I became a thinking being. 